always make the audience suffer as much as possible. Alfred Hitchcock. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. This is your favorite topic. Yes. <laughs> Killing people. Always a great pastime for authors. And so don't sue me if you think I'm actually killing people. I'm not. <laughs> so a couple of months ago, we did an episode or two about the process of killing in books. If you want the technical way to go about it to make it realistic, go to that episode. That's Murder 101. And that was in October, about halfway through October. In this episode, we are going to be talking about when to kill a character. Where in the story, the points in time that it will mean the most, depending on which character you're killing. Yeah, and how you can make that emotional. So I have to ask, is there a particular character death that really just gets you choked up? I was just re-listening to Oathbringer in the Stormlight Archives of Brandon Sanderson. And there's a particular character who gets killed in middle of his story arc. It's so wrenching because you you see this potential of this character that in the first book, you just kind of felt was useless. The second book, it's simply annoying. And then third book, finally, you see him like becoming the king that he's meant to be and just boom, murdered. That's a really well-crafted death. I think in television, it was originally books, but in television, one of the deaths that shocked all of the viewers was Ned Stark for the same reason. From This is from Game of Thrones, where you think the whole story is setting up for him to be king. He's a good, righteous leader, and then he gets beheaded. And then, of course, I think anybody who has half a heart is always a little choked up when Mufasa dies. Always. All of these characters that have affected us in some way when they died have something in common. And one of those things that makes it really emotional is the unfulfilled goal. Mufasa has a son. He's trying to survive so he can take care of the kingdom. Ned Stark wants to bring peace to the Seven Kingdoms. King Elokar wants to be the king that his father was to be better than that. He wants to become a light weaver and gets killed right in the middle of it. So that unfulfilled goal is really emotional. The death of the wife character in the movie Up. Absolute saddest 10 minutes to start a movie. Absolutely. So if you're trying to make a character's death particularly emotional, have them have an unfulfilled goal. I think that's going to be one of the easiest ways for your readers to be rooting for the character and feel that loss when they can't accomplish it. Another thing that always helps make that death emotional is if the readers have a connection with the character. If your characters are likable, their death is that much more important because if they're not likable, it's easy to go, well, they had it coming. I'm going to keep going back to the Elokar Stormlight Archives example because if he had died in the first or the second book, I honestly wouldn't have cared. He was annoying. He was useless. But seeing that transition in the third book, in his character arc, where he's finally accepting that he doesn't have to be the king his father was, that he can be something different and accepting that finally he needs to change, gave me that connection to the character that I hadn't had before. 
because I saw more into his motivations, his insecurities, and connected with that. If you have some kind of connection to that character, and yes, it's good if they like them, but better if they're connected with the character. And another way to make the death emotional is to give your other characters a reaction to the death. Another thing you can do if you don't have another character nearby is have the dying character fight against what they know is death. Sometimes you'll have that quiet acceptance where it's just like, okay, I'm good, I'm done. Those aren't always as emotional as Mufasa going, Scar, help me, and then Scar killing him. This episode is about when to kill a character. Depending on the character that you're killing should happen at different points in the story. If you're killing the innocent, that tends to happen at the beginning of the book. Your killing of children, killing the dog, they tend to be inciting actions. Things that move the main character to fight the bad guy in some way. Starting them on their journey to get revenge often or realizing whatever this is has to stop before it continues. It's also a really good way to get your readers invested. Example of John Wick. Despite there being a very, very flimsy plot, the connection that the viewers have with the John Wick character is relatively strong because the dog was killed. Yes. A warning to everybody out there, I still get shunned in Christmas and Thanksgiving with a family because black and white started off with killing a dog. I have lost a lot of people who know me as readers because I am the dog killer in the family. There are actually a lot of publishing companies that will not publish books that kill a dog because of the reaction that people have when dogs are killed or abused. I would say so long as your audience is having a reaction, any reaction besides bored, it's a good reaction. So when you're killing dogs, children, the innocent, it's got to be at the beginning. Because putting it later, unless it's like a Marley and me kind of story, the death of the dog or the, the child or the innocent is what starts the journey. The other main time to kill a character is the transition between acts two and three. If you're going with the standard three act structure, the mentor character often dies basically to get out of the way. Why didn't Dumbledore kill Voldemort? Because Harry had to do it. But your mentor character needs a reason to get out of the way so the hero can step up. And that's often a sacrificing themselves so that the hero can get away and survive another time. So just to sum up, when you're killing a character, it needs to be a transition of some kind or the inciting action. There are exceptions to the rule, but you need to know the rules before you break them. We're going to say that till we get kicked off the air. So, <laughs> Why do we kill characters as authors? Just because we like to, you know, sit and have tea with Satan? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I like to sip tea with Satan and kill characters because it's fun. More than that, there are reasons to kill a character. Those reasons are also often the aids in knowing when to kill the character. So like we talked about in John Wick... Killing the character advanced the plot. It got the story moving. Another reason to kill a character, this is, happens more in Act 2 and Act 3, is to motivate everyone else who's still around. You're raising the stakes. You're making the danger real. 
So when Obi-Wan dies, then we realize, wow, Darth Vader is really a scary person because, look, he could kill this wise hermit dude that has been teaching Luke. So what chance does Luke have to conquer the bad guy? And that goes to killing the mentor character. It provides that motivation for the main character to continue forward and forces them to do it and not the mentor. There are also times that you should not kill a character. And this has more to do with your motivations as an author than it does with the character's motivations. If you're wanting to kill a character just to add tension, there are better ways to add tension. Why else is that character dying? Another thing is in Game of Thrones, they do it just for shock value. After a while, it's just you detach emotionally from all of the characters. I have never watched Game of Thrones, but the one thing that I knew first about it is that everyone dies. Valar Morghulis. And that shouldn't be the story. You shouldn't have a story that everyone dies because your readers or your viewers are not going to be invested. They're not going to care enough about the characters because they'll always have that voice in their back of the mind saying, oh, they're just going to die. On the flip side of that, you should also not always bring your characters back from the dead. Yes. Because the same thing happens when they do die. The viewers or the readers just go, yeah, they'll be back in like an episode. And of course, if you as an author feel like there are too many characters, I know, I'll kill some off. Why did you have them in there in the first place? Yes. Just get rid of them entirely and don't just kill them. Or combine characters. Combining different characters is a much better way to make your story clear than to just, you know, kill off a bunch of them. Now we're going to get into the highly debated aspect of killing characters. Do you kill main characters? Me? No. Yes. Always. This goes back to it being more difficult to establish that rapport with your audience that trust that this person is okay to invest in, yes, it's okay to kill characters sometimes, especially if there are characters that are invested in. But like in Game of Thrones, if it's expected that all of these characters are going to die, don't do it. I see this idea come with a bunch of new storytellers that I've spoken with, and that's, what if I kill all my main characters in the first act? What? At that point, your main character isn't what you think it is. When you are killing a main character, you have to have planned it from the beginning. And yes, I say that as a pantser. You have to plan a main character's death. It has to happen with purpose, and it has to be set up right. Foreshadowing that for your main character is helpful. They've always known that it's their purpose in life to sacrifice themselves to save somebody more important. If you set that up ahead of time, then we're more likely to accept it at the end. You should also be very cautious about killing main character just to resolve some other plot device in your story. Like, say, a love triangle. That shouldn't be how you resolve a love triangle. The biggest reason for this is that just killing off a main character to resolve some other thing is a cop-out. It means that you're not wanting to put enough effort into your writing to actually come up with a solution. That should never be it. Again, it has to be planned. It has to be intentional. There has to be a reason for that main character to die. 
and a reason for your audience to accept that that main character has died. Hopefully we've helped you out today figuring out when to kill a character. If you should kill a character. And how to best do that to make it matter to the readers. But don't let the readers dictate killing characters. Because readers will always say, don't do it. But you have to do what's best for your story, what's best for your writing. Which means... Writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 